Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tears start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up-to-date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riftway Podcast. Howdy, everyone. This is Josh Watt from Riftway. I'm Mark, and I play Damien Darkhoof, Minotaur Cleric. What we're doing here right now is a little character prelude to give a little introduction to some of our characters here on Arc 4 of Riftwake. We'll be sprinkling these in alongside your regular episodes just to kind of get a little bit more context to the characters, get a little bit more history, and kind of iron out some backstory for y'all. We hope y'all enjoy them as much as I've enjoyed making them. Uh, Thank you, and welcome to Riftwake. I'm sort of imagining that you're like your dad and his like troop of of bros. Like this is this is after your your mom's passed away. So they've been out and about searching for the cure like with everyone. Like like kind of like a search for the Holy Grail Knight's Quest. Like it wasn't one knight going out here doing it. It was everybody. They were all on a team kind of situation. Right. They split the party. They split the party. First mistake. First mistake. They split the party. Um, and so as news of your mom's passing like trickles out, it, like your your father's close friends are like trickling in. Yeah. Um, and you know, including your your father himself. Do you think that your dad was there when your mom passed, or was he out looking for a cure? Hmm. You know, I mean, it could really go either way. You want to throw a die? See what happens? Sure, yeah. Yeet a D2. All right. We didn't establish which one was (laughs) which. All right. We'll do this again. All right. One, he uh, stayed. Two, he left. All right. So he was there. Yeah, so he, he sent his number two and everyone else. He sent else. his most trusted boys. Um, all right. Actually, you know what? There's probably a grave cleric or a death cleric preparing the body um, for her funerary rites. And what I'm imagining is that you have long <clears throat> snuck off from your father's side um, and are kind of like looking to say your own goodbyes in private like away from maybe prying eyes and like that's what you see is this like skeleton of a man um, preparing your mother's body for her, her funerary rites yeah, and I feel like, you know, as he's as he's seeing these kind of ritualized processes, um, you know, much like they do for uh, for us as people, it's there's a sense of order that comes with it in what is otherwise a very senseless uh, process for him that it's like mm-hmm. there are there are set ways that things are supposed to be done and that he would be, you know, he'd be. If he 
if the cleric didn't shoo him away and he was kind of allowed to come up beside him, um, you know, he would be kind of trying to ask those questions about, well, why, why do you do it like this? Why do you do it like that? <laughs> and just uh, in his very childish mind trying to make sense because, you know, what does he want? Well, he, he wants his mom to go on to a positive afterlife and that these are the processes we do to make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine you're like kind of standing in the, in the door, like not 100% in the middle of the doorway doing that, like kid peek through where you're leaning over the side of the door. Like they can't see me if my entire head is poking out of the side of the door frame. It definitely doesn't help that your horns have like started coming in. So they're just like poking out as well. <laughs> and you're like a five foot tall, 10 year old. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, uh, as you're kind of like doing these things, you, you peek your head over um, the cleric without even like turning his back towards you. Uh, is like, are you going to come in or are you planning on? Lingering in my entryway. Um, am, am, am I allowed to? He like kind of looks up and he turns around and you see this man is like gaunt. Like he's at least a thousand. Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> <laughs> he is like thin and pale and. Uh, his skin is like papery. So is he even a minotaur or is he a completely different race? I I think he's a, a human grave cleric, okay. like cleric of, of death or cleric of the grave. And he's wearing these like black tattered robes that are absolutely just in his state. Um, like he hasn't had an outfit change in a decade or two. Um, so but very like Grim Reaper esque, right? Like super Grim Reaper esque, but it's contrasted against like all all of his like stuff. His hands are like clean, completely clean. Um, they're like covered in some sort of like chemical that he's applying to your your mother's fur, uh, to keep it shiny. Um, but his tools on the side of his desk are perfectly in order. Like everything is exactly where it should be. Um, small scrolls uh, rolled up tightly, like sealed with wax paper or, or sealed with wax. Um, and there's like, he's, he's an old man. He's done this probably thousands of times at this point. Um, but there's a place for everything in this in this situation and everything is exactly in its place. He kind of looks at you and he goes, very rarely does anyone come in here who is not one of my ilk or one who has already passed, but I will not deny you. What are you, what are you doing to her? Can you bring her back? Ah, <sighs> No. Thousand times I've heard that question, and the answer never becomes easier. Where, where did she go? Where do you think she? 
I don't know. I, I, I just, I know she, I know she wasn't well. And then, and then at one point, my dad just stopped letting me come in to see her and said that she needed rest. Ah, she did. She did. A wasting illness, this one, one that afflicts the body and the mind. I'm sure he was trying to spare you from... The tragedy of people's last moments. But in doing so, he encouraged you to seek out these answers for yourself. The well, important thing about her passing isn't where she goes now that she's passed. It's what she's left behind. Were, were you with her? No. I do not leave these areas, but rarely. There was someone else with her in her last hours. Your father, I'm sure. Perhaps a cleric of her own devotion. So at least she wasn't alone. No. He kind of like takes a deep breath and, uh, Puts his hands into this, like, small urn and pours oil over his hands and begins washing them and, like, slicking back portions of her hair and, like, kind of finishing up with the, like, this kind of ritualistic cleansing. Do you know why we prepare bodies for death, young man? Keep the bugs from eating our eyeballs out. <laughs> he, he laughs. <laughs> yeah, like and, and, dust comes out. <laughs> and Damien was not joking, so he's just flat faced. Yeah, he goes, he kind of nods his head a couple of times. He goes, "Yes, yes, that's." That's one of the reasons. But doesn't matter to them, right? They're already dead. We do it for ourselves. But what about the magic I hear about that brings people back? Oh, a great and terrible sacrifice must be made for those. To save a life, you may have to end a dozen. But there's bad people. Can't you take theirs? He kind of thinks for a couple of seconds. I understand that that seems like a reasonable thing to do. But to call it a slippery slope would be a misnomer. Ending a dozen lives to save one. When does it become a point that you're just not good enough to be kept alive because some wealthy man has reached the end of his life? When you open these sorts of doors, they are subject to 
he kind of like grimaces a little bit. Putrefaction. I think during this time, Damien's been kind of like slowly shuffling closer and he's he's like kind of listening, but he's also trying to take in the surroundings and, you know, just kind of looking at all of the the stuff that's in this room and looking at the table, not really looking at his mom specifically, mm-hmm. but just kind of like eyes darting around to. Because, you know, he's not allowed in these areas. Right. Like you see some like pretty magical items that you're probably not used to, uh, like sconces that hold spells of the light cantrip. So that way they don't cause smoke to appear on the sides of the walls or to, you know, make the area smell. Um, there are like small trinkets of prestidigitation that kind of eliminate the smell of these chemicals in the air. Um, so it feels very sterile. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like this clean before. Is there uh, like a desk with a chair or anything anywhere in the room? Yeah, I imagine there's like probably like a small sitting area off to the side. So I think in in kind of the the quietness after the last thing that uh, that the old guy said, he's he's going to go over and grab the chair and kind of drag it over towards where the man is. Mm-hmm. It, it like, it's oh, yeah. oh, yeah. like, like the whole way there. <laughs> the noisiest damn chair he can find. Oh, absolutely. It's like in the middle of a quiet restaurant. You're just like pulling a metal chair across the floor and everyone just like looking at you. Yeah. Uh, and then he's just going to sit down and, and after he's kind of done fidgeting, he's going to back, uh, go back and look up to the the man and say, does all of this stuff that you're doing, does it help? Who? Um, anyone. Mm. You, yes. you, you already said that she's gone and you know, I guess I wasn't right about the bugs eating out our eyeballs, but um, if if she's already gone, then then why do we do all of this? There's a long anthropological answer talking about the history of death, but it's. Not very common. And we do these things, prepare their bodies, so that way, when we say goodbye, we can see them for as they were, versus for how they are. But they are dead. Mm-hmm. And dead they will be. But in our last goodbyes, perhaps we will find some comfort that we were able to say our farewells to them in a way that we more closely remember. 
Why did Tell you want to? Why, why like, did you? Why did you want to do this? Oh, it's been a long time. I've always felt the call of the brave. Never felt quite at home around the living. That's kind of scary. Oh, yes. Creepy, in fact. Do you have a family? Not anymore. He kind of, like, leans against the table and, like, stretches a little bit. I've been doing this for a long time. Many of my friends and family have long since passed. Lying on this exact table, in fact. Did you... Did you do the same things for your friends and family that you're doing for my mom? He nods. The way I see it, everyone who comes on this table is a brother, a sister, a loved one, a friend, a son, a daughter. What about no one is no one to ever. What about the ones that died and were all messed up? We do our best to knit back the pieces. Tell me, when was the last time you saw your mother? Well... He starts to think back, and and he'll start counting on his fingers, and then he'll stop and shake his head and count it again. Um, I think it was eight, no, nine. Nine days ago. And, and when Dad wouldn't let me go in anymore, I tried to force him, and so I just stopped eating dinner. And I thought that that would that that would make him let me in because I used to always take my plate of food in and and eat with her, so that it could be like like we were still at the dinner table. But he didn't he didn't give in. And so I, I would wait and sneak out and listen by the door and see if I could hear anything, but I never heard anything. He, like, nods his head. We try our best to keep true the memories of the people who love. He kind of, like, motions to the table. And although we cannot make a perfect recreation, we cannot imbue it with the life it once held. There's some comfort in feeling like 
they no longer suffer and instead are taking an eternal rest at peace. Who's gonna who's gonna do this for you when you die? Oh some other great cleric, I'm sure. We're not so few and far between that the rituals will pass on if any of us passes. So how did you learn all this stuff? Well, it wasn't dissimilar to the situation you find yourself in now. I stumbled upon a fellow cleric of the grave and spoke with him for a little while and although I eventually overcame my loss, I found myself returning here. What'd you do before this? Did you have a regular job? Were you a baker? <laughs> no, no, no baker. I was uh I was an adventurer. I've always been a cleric, just not necessarily to the same pantheon. And the other guy just let you go? Yes. I moved out of the stage of my life where I was in the sun and instead moved into the shadow of my own volition. Were you a were you a good adventurer? Did you good fight adventure. a lot? Yes, yes, I fought. I was quite good. And then what happened? You just you just got old and couldn't fight anymore? No. Nothing quite like that. I suffered through a tremendous loss. What did you lose? And I lost my father. All of them? He kind of nods his head. Yes, it was a long time ago. Still, I remember them sometimes and how things used to be. but I was given the privilege of preparing their bodies for the grave as well, and that brought me some peace. Was it your fault? Oh, it's no one's fault. Comedy of errors, bad luck, not being as insightful or perceptive as we should have been, a string of small mistakes that came out to a cataclysmic end. So does, does everyone that loses their party become a, a grave cleric? No. Some of them find a new party, continue on with their adventures with creating new friends, new loved ones. Some retire and start taverns. Who knows? 
you ever hear them talk to you? Sort of. Not... Not I feel like they're speaking to me specifically, but almost like they're giving me advice. Little whispers here and there of how they would do things. I feel that way sometimes. Like I think about doing something and then I think that, you know, either my mom or my dad would not be happy or they'd, they'd yell at me or they'd say it was stupid. Mm -hmm. is, yes, that, yes. is that the way it was for you? Yes, very similar. Although I had one rakish young fella who constantly tries to convince me to do naughty little pickings here and there. So, so what happens to her after we do all this? What, what happens to her body? He kind of like looks. Do you have, like, do, do, does Minotaur culture have, like, graves that they put the bodies in? Or do they, like, set the bodies afire? Or do they, like, what's the, what's the cultural norm that you think Minotaurs probably do? Um, do they have a big old barbecue? Like <laughs> <laughs> Rumspringer! Um... Well, I was thinking, and, you know, obviously we're kind of rift adjacent. Uh, so I think it would be a little too simplistic to do like the funeral pyre thing. Mm -hmm. But I, I've always kind of seen Minotaurs as having, you know, more of those like shamanistic tendencies. Uh, you know, because of obviously their their close relationship and their bestial nature, so mm -hmm. I almost feel like there uh, there would almost be this this acceptance of the decay of the body, and then like uh, a period of time that is acceptable to exhume the remains, and then you know either put them in a crypt or something like that. All right. So what I'm thinking is like a. Um... So I don't know how familiar you are with actual um, burial practices. There's right in because <laughs> my, my ex-wife and her husband actually both worked at a funeral home for many years. <laughs> I've heard terrible stories, which are oh, hilarious Jesus. also. <laughs> <laughs> and I had another buddy of mine that worked for the coroner and worked in a funeral home. Ooh, <laughs> how fun. I know that there's like different things that you can do that kind of like go along with that vibe. Like, um, basically taking the body and doing some transformative work to put it back into the earth and like make it a tree and stuff like that. Yeah. That's kind of like what you had in mind or was it like, let the crows get her and we'll bury the rest. <laughs> um, so one of the, the practice that I was thinking of is that they'll, you know, they have the, they have the ceremony for the family and everything. And then, um, it's not uncommon for them to then pull up and like, drain everything out mm -hmm. 
you know, obviously they try and remove most of the fluids and use the embalming fluid if they're doing an open casket or something, but it wasn't uncommon for them to pull up a grave, drain everything as it's kind of liquefying mm -hmm. because, it, you know, it can get toxic with all the other junk that's in there. But the idea that then, uh, you know, you'd crack it open and the, the actual remains, so like the bones of the clothing, then, you know, obviously it's a lot more compact and then you could put it into not necessarily an urn but you could it makes it more mausoleum ready mm -hmm. so it's kind of like that returning to the earth and then you know we don't want it to be you know like when you when you bury a pet in the backyard you still always think oh well that's that's that we we can't like do anything with that so in the interest of not losing all of that real estate there's an area where the bodies go to go through that process. And right. then after a period of time, which is like the acceptable mourning period in the culture, then that gets exhumed, repackaged, and then put in its permanent place. Mm -hmm. All right. That's Probably good. way more detail about death than I should know. Yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> But fit uh, for a grave cleric. <laughs> so basically just the, her bones will be entombed somewhere, but the rest of her is getting. Right. Used up or put away. Yeah. For, for a brief moment, I thought about, oh, well, maybe they, after they do that, they would like have like the hall of elders and, and like remount their skulls on the wall to kind of watch over them. I was like, that's eh, a little too dark. It's <laughs> a little mud. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'd say as he continues going about his process, obviously he can't just stop indefinitely. Yeah, he, he kind of basically just describes that entire uh, process to you, like how what's going to happen, the the morning pro the the, the um, Jesus, my brain is blanking. Uh, the funerary rites that are going to happen, the ceremony, um, followed by, you know, the moving of the body to prepare for her final resting place in the crypts. And then, like, a special area carved aside for her, because she was uh, a kind of respected member of the community before her wasting illness kind of made her bedridden. So she has a special place set aside for her with those types of, of minotaurs who, who passed. Yeah. And so I don't think that Damien would actually like jump in and try to help. Mm -hmm. But but he's gonna stay in there as long as this guy'll let him. Oh yeah, and, he doesn't and, chew you away. And like it's several hours uh to finish prepping the body for, for everything that needs to be done. Um, there's a couple of ritualistic prayers that are said over the body. Um, he casts some magic uh, to kind of fill the cheeks a little bit, kind of like rose up and kind of make her f seem more more living than the, the pale specter that was at the table before. Uh, and I feel like over the period of time, there's probably little spots where where Damien probably like dozed off in his chair. And then mm -hmm. as the guy moves, he kind of jerks up a little bit. And just like you do in school, then, 
you know, I guess I was saying it's really right. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't miss anything. Well, yeah, I've been, I, I, I know the answer. Yeah, definitely. I just want to make sure you know the answer. <laughs> I know you're asking me what seven plus seven is, but maybe it's because you don't know, and I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> prove it. Prove, prove <laughs> it. Prove that it's 14. <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably have not seen, like, it's weird when someone like passes away like this because they're definitely dead, but you haven't seen them this healthy in a long time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no doubt 100% dead, but your mother's been wasting away for, I think it's like almost years at this point. And so you've seen her getting like thinner and thinner and more gaunt and like, yeah. And I feel like the, the fur has probably gotten thin and patchy. Yeah, and like wispy and, and gray, like graying instead of like the regular dark fur that she had before. And like now that he's finished this process, she looks like more alive right now than she looked for the, the months leading up to her passing. And I bet that's kind of like a shocking kind of moment. Yeah, I would think he's he's probably been really paying attention to the individual processes. Mm -hmm. And then it's one of those things where you kind of, as you step back and he, he actually kind of takes it in. It's, it's like, whoa, 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 when did all this happen? You know, he was watching the, these little bits and not really looking at the, the overall effect that it was going to have. And so, you know, as he, as he's standing there, you know, he kind of takes a, a deep breath. She, she looks okay. She looks the way that, the way that I remember when we would play together. Good. How long will she look like this? He kind of things for a moment few days that's all he nods the greatest embalmers in the world can't make someone look alive forever yeah I guess guess that would be a lie anyways he kind of nods So are, are you done now? He kind of looks over her like he, he like inspects her fingernails. He like looks over her with a fine tooth comb before he nods. The work is done. So. So now what? You already have another another person to go do this for? Perhaps they'll bring them in when it's their time. Oh, there's not like a like a waiting room? No, not so much. 
they bring them here when it's their time for kind of like points to your mother their rejuvenation and then when I am done with them they take them away their final rests so is someone gonna come get her then he nods can I stay until that happens of course Although I'm going to need another chair. Oh, you're you're gonna stay too? Mm-hmm. He kinda that. like <laughs> waddles old man walks old man shuffles <laughs> his way to like one of the corner and grabs like a wooden stool that's uh a little bit off kilter so it like dunks the whenever he sits atop it. He like stretches his old bones. <sighs> yes. I think I'll I know I know they can't hear us. At least I, I don't think they can. Do you ever do you ever talk to them? No, all the time. Even if you don't know who they are? Of course. He kind of pauses for a second. It's strange the things you discover about people as you're preparing them. And so, sometimes I'll have conversations with them as I prepare. You know, something like, Oh, you certainly didn't take care of your cuticles in life, did you, sir? Or maybe I'll just strike up a one-sided conversation. Did you learn anything about my mom? Yes. I suppose there were a couple of things I learned about your mother. Like what? Well, he kind of like pauses for a second and <laughs> begins to basically run down some like factoids about your mother that he's discovered as looking over her corpses like her, her horns one pound. <laughs> <laughs> like her <laughs> horns were particularly large for a female minotaur, like kind of proportional to that of like a one of the bulls, like one of the bigger bulls. Um even though she's been bedridden for weeks and weeks on end, uh, her muscle mass is still, like, really, really um, tight and uh, kind of kept up. Uh, you know, <laughs> based off of the sheen of her hair, what kind of diet she was having in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> like, like uh, the state of her fingernails, how they were very carefully trimmed. Um, even though, like, so someone was taking care of care of her up into her last moments, uh, keeping her nails trimmed, making sure she was clean. I think as he's kind of going through that, at, at some point, he's just going to completely break in in the middle of uh, his kind of uh, rattling off his stuff and say, was she in pain? She wouldn't tell me when I asked her. 
Did it hurt? Yes. But he kind of pauses for a second. She was given things to mitigate it. So, so the pain was there, but it didn't hurt her. Pain was there, but it was healed. Is that what? Is that what clerics do? Yeah. They help people with with hurt. Amongst many, many other things, that is something that clerics do. That's pretty nice. It is. Is that why you wanted to to be a cleric before you worked with the dead? Before I worked with the dead, I really wanted to be the center of attention. He kind of like smiles. So boisterous and loud and rather in your face. I'm looking back on it and I realize I was quite the tool. Yeah, I know some people like that. <laughs> He kind of chuckles. And when you're young, sometimes you feel invincible. Nothing's ever going to stop you. You're on the up and up, as it were. And sometimes it takes a bit of a crash to realize you're not all you thought you were. Is this is this going to be my crash? Or is it going to get worse? Oh, I don't know what the future lies in store for you, young man. You're young. This might just be the beginning of your story. Sometimes you start low to be brought up. Sometimes you start high to be brought low. I think you have good things in store for you, young man. He kind of, like, adjusts his butt on the chair, like, to the other non-existent cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I think Damien's still just kind of sitting there, and as he's talking, he's still staring at his mom, just kind of, even though the, the guy is over to his side. She always said that, that clerics were the only magic people that you could trust. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say no. There's no one type of person that you can always trust. There will be clerics with evil in their heart. There will be warlocks with nothing but love. It's not about the source of power, but how you choose to use it. 
just like how there are individuals who use their strength of arm to kill and steal and destroy, and there are those who use their swords and shields to protect. Did those people ever change? Yes. Well, I, I'm not going to be one of those people that hurts others. Then don't. I won't. You always have the choice to make. At every intersection, he kind of like holds out his fingers and like makes a little plus sign. You can go forward, you can go left, you can go right, or you can turn back. No one forces you to choose anything. I think I'm... I think I'm going to choose to go eat my dinner now. <laughs> I've had you. Then he's going to get up and take uh, the, the, the one last look. And then without saying anything else, he's just going to go ahead and, and walk back out the door. All right. And I think that is a good spot to end Damien's origin story. Oh, uh, thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't do any of that stuff, did we? No, we didn't. All right, I think that's good. And cut. And cut. <laughs> Actually, and stop the recording as well. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, where you'll be able to chat with the cast, find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, and now send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com.